0: Get that energy flowing. Time Winter some, apocalypse
1: 2016. Time for some radio in this piece. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Welcome to Sibling Revelry. My name is Andrew Merriweather.
0: And I'm Caitlin Perlman.
1: And we are siblings. We're
0: roommates.
1: And also best friends.
0: And also recently discovered co-appreciators of the X-Files. Oh my,
1: more than appreciators. (laughs) Uh, Obsessive. Obsessive lovers. Here's the thing though.
0: I mean, it's new for you. I've been a lover of the X-Files for a number of years now. I've watched it from start to finish. Thanks to, shout out to my college roommate uh who was who got me hooked
1: who's also named caitlin <laughs> who's also named caitlin. As it <laughs> turns out. and who
0: is like sort of an alternative version of jillian anderson in and of herself uh so
1: <laughs> so she also doesn't age and continues to be foxy <laughs> oh yeah
0: for sure <laughs> and i don't i think the alien baby situation different it's the way in which they're different but other than so that so caitlin
1: odette's the one who had the alien <laughs> baby yeah right
0: <laughs> that's what i meant <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm I'm really about that show. It's so good. It is so fantastic. yeah I know I'm really really super late on the game like a solid. Twenty years, maybe. Yeah. late onto the game. Yeah,
0: twenty-three to be exact. Twenty-three, exactly. Um. However, I do. I mean, I'm glad I got you on this X Files grind because we got to get ready for the for the new miniseries that's coming Indeed. out. Ooh. We, which ha- we is have how a lot I, of episodes to yeah, watch. <laughs> which is how I ended up starting to watch it and then getting you hooked on it because I was like getting ready. I was like, I need a refresher. of Yeah. Frankly,
1: we're probably gonna go watch one after we finish recording this. <laughs> yes.
0: Let's let's be honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so this is a podcast It is uh, Where we talk about various topics uh, This week, Caitlin is bringing in the topic I am I have no idea what the topic is going to be um, But I'm going to be responding to it nonetheless off the cuff uh, Caitlin's maybe done a little bit of thinking about it, but not mm-hmm. too much uh, So Caitlin, are we ready or do we need to do something first?
0: We need to do our demographics as always uh, it's, a, it's an important aspect of our podcast, as you know Essential um, So every week we uh, speak for a specific group that we are a part of, but we speak for the entire group, uh, not just ourselves.
1: Exactly. Although we do invite people to respond if you feel that you've been misspoken for. Exactly. So feel free to write in uh, if we have misrepresented your opinions, and uh, we can bring you onto the show. And you. But can...
0: only if you fit the demographic. Only if you fit... please. Okay.
1: Please. We're sick and tired of people writing in, <laughs> and they don't. <laughs> and they didn't go to Oberlin. okay (laughs) when you can't come and talk
0: (laughs) all right so andrew who are you going to be speaking for
1: okay so this week i'm going to be speaking for all bearded uh native southerners uh who can play the ukulele at a very mediocre level
0: (laughs) you know what that's actually a pretty wide demographic
1: that's true yeah, I would say. I feel like it might maybe the
0: widest one we've
1: had. Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm I'm going for a wide swath. I want to speak for the people this time. <laughs> Last time like, I went so specific, I don't know. There oh, may have been because for or one two. thing,
0: like all men have beards right now.
1: Every man has a beard, <laughs> and there's especially a lot of Southern Yeah, especially and if southern you're bearded men. and southerner and southern. There's a high likelihood that you've picked up a ukulele at one point, <laughs> probably, especially if you live in Durham, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> True story uh so kaylin who are you going to be speaking for this week? um
0: i'm going to be speaking for all novelists who are i n x j personality types um and who have never gotten a speedy ticket in fact i've never be- even been pulled over by a cop
1: yeah me me neither
0: that's not true <laughs> <laughs> lies pun lies
1: it's stunning that my insurance has not shot through the roof
0: well, I've been in a car accident, so my insurance went up when that happened. Yeah. But I've never been pulled over and therefore never received a speeding ticket.
1: It's terrifying. Like, yeah. My palms get sweaty. I start like like kind of hyperventilating. I always forget where my registration card is. And I always <laughs> think to myself after I get pulled over, Andrew, make sure you place your registration card in a place that is going to be easy yeah. to find. Never do.
0: I always imagine I'll have that panic of like, "Crap, did I did I renew my registration?" Because I'm a super big procrastinator about right. stuff like that. Uh, but luckily, I have parents to hound me, so usually I get that done.
1: <laughs> what are parents there for <laughs> besides hounding you about filling out your registration? Yeah.
0: Um. So, well, I'm glad I brought up the X Files because this is an entertainment-based question that Uh-oh. I've got today. Um. I think you're going to appreciate it because it speaks to something I think we've been thinking a little bit about. Maybe okay. Um, the question is: Is reality television art?
1: Hmm. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Done. All right. Over. No, We're I out. think this is a good question
1: because <laughs> uh, I mean I think it brings up one that just the distinction between entertainment. And art in general. Mm -hmm. And is that a very hard line? Or is that one that's a little bit more finicky? uh, A little bit more blurred?
0: Absolutely. Well, it's tough because reality TV is walking this fine line between documentary and narrative fictional television. And I think what's funny about it is that we would... I I would definitely say that fictional television, um, sort of mainstream television, is an art form. And I also think documentary is an art form. Um, So... Uh, I mean, it is, has a journalistic side, but you're also, you're creating a narrative the way it's shot, you know, it, that there is an art to that. And but then we get into reality TV and suddenly, I don't know, it's got a kind of a, a bit of a trashy reputation. Let's oh, absolutely. be real. Right. And so, uh, then suddenly we get a little squeamish about putting that in the category of art, even though it's a combination, in fact, of, of fictional TV and documentary. I think that's how I think of it.
1: Hmm. I don't know if I've ever put them in those terms. I've always, I guess, just thought about reality television, like, almost as its own entity, right? Like, I don't think we, so when we, when I sit down to watch a documentary, a lot of the time, it might be a historical documentary, like, it might be a Ken Burns type thing, it might be a Jesus Camp type of thing, or it even might be, like, The Making of a Murderer, which is that new series that came out on Netflix. which That is everyone, was, a talking about. That everyone yeah. was talking about, right? But. At the end of those episodes or the end of that movie or like Food Inc, like you kind of expect to understand or gain insight into some facet of human life. Right. Like that's like, oh, the justice system. Oh, like the food industry. Oh, um, Fundamentalist Christianity. Like you're you're Mm -hmm. unearthing and putting together these facts or getting the story. Mm -hmm. But with reality television, it's almost as if you're watching like an impromptu melodrama. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, so like I think about like what what's the Kardashian show called? Like Keep, with, I think keeping, keeping Up with the Kardashians. Keeping Up with the Kardashians, The Bachelor, which is our go to, go to, and love <laughs> confession. confession. We love time, The which, Bachelor. <laughs> we've been watching it every Monday. We have, um, and I think we're definitely going to dig into that a little bit because oh, sure. I think they're they're masters of the mm-hmm. reality TV series. Um, but I don't think when people sit down to watch reality television that they're trying to learn anything about anyone or anything. Mm -hmm. I think like everyone understands that it's ultimately contrived.
0: I think that's true. I think what's interesting, well, for one thing, reality TV has, has a a bunch of subcategories that it can fit into. I mean, there are, there are, and they, and they like are basically become almost their own genre. I mean, I think about cooking competition shows. Right. Is is a specific, it feels like a very specific subcategory of reality television. And yet it is a massive has a massive draw and if you watch enough of them you start to realize that they have a very specific format to them um you know like the way they do their testimonials the people kind of they, the chefs sort of po- narrate what they're doing in post so that they like you, they're voiceovering um what they're doing as you watch them do it um in you know in the real time in the real competition mm-hmm. um you know there's a specific style that cooking co- competition shows have um, as opposed, and like, and so basically you start to feel like, well, what I'm doing is like, I mean, I'm watching a bunch of people cook, but I'm, i maybe I'm learning a little bit about technique or things like that. But yeah, in general, it's about the drama. There's, it's about the drama of it and totally. um, the suspense and it's who's going to win. And, the- yeah. Yeah. Um, as opposed to shows, I mean, an early, an early reality TV show competition survivor, right? Um, people watch because it is about human psychology. What we want is to put people in crazy environments and then watch what they'll do.
1: Well, I think that's exactly it. And I think as you were talking, like what clicked for me is that a very particular distinction between reality television and documentary is that the situation is not contrived Mm -hmm. most of the time. Right. So with documentaries, it's that you're you there's a journalist or a storyteller who is coming into some situation showing up to an event, a person's into somebody's life and capturing what the reality is, what the what the real life situation is for that person or group of people or whatever. But with reality television, they've created this environment. They've created the rules of the game and then they drop people in it and then we watch them and gain entertainment from that.
0: Absolutely. But then you have shows like, uh, like Bridezilla's. The thing about Bridezillas is that, again, like these women are getting married anyway. It's not like they're getting married specifically for this reality TV show. Like they were already engaged and somehow they I don't know how they find the Bridezilla's for Bridezilla's. But what's so fascinating about it is it's a show called Bridezilla's and these girls agree to be on it.
1: Right. (laughs) And you know they've seen the show. They're on it there's no possibility and so they're like yeah it.
0: i guess i'm fine with being portrayed as a crazy 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 bitch i guess it's okay like and i will <laughs> and it seems like sometimes they like embrace it, like they just play it up it's crazy this couple would be getting married anyway and all the things that they'd be going through would kind of be happening anyway except that adding the dimension of the cameras makes it like 10 times more stressful than it already was and weddings are stressful enough um and I always am like, I, I can't really wrap my head around, I can wrap my head around Survivor. It sort of makes sense why would you would watch that and why it would appeal and why even you would be on that show. Um, but being on a show like Bridezilla's and you have cameras on you all the time, it's hard for me to understand like, like why somebody would want to watch that show and why somebody would want to be on that show other than just like getting famous, like being like getting your 15 minutes.
1: Or whatever. I think part of it is that it's really easy. And you, you can kind of turn your brain off yeah. while you're watching it. Um, partly because I think the formula is so well constructed. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know like so like point A to B for Bridezilla's. But I imagine there is some like very specific formula that almost every episode follows.
0: Pr- pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Where
1: like you know that... Things are going to move in this particular way, and there's going to be drama at this, this, and that
0: point. And it always ends with the wedding. It always ends with a wedding and a really drunken interview between the the newlyweds, and the the girl is just acting crazy.
1: Right. So you like you just <laughs> never you're there. You know, Bridezilla is never going to drop a bomb on you and like make you question or. Uh, you know, undermine, undermine your reality, undermine the reality of the TV show. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, you know. that's true. Um,
0: <laughs> it kind of undermines my reality sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that, these, that people exist that are like that. <laughs>
1: but we don't even know how <laughs> yeah, much those people are really like that. I true. mean, that's the thing. Probably I mean, not at all. And so like the appeal, I mean, I don't want to come back to that point, um, but the appeal of that show is that we we can kind of just slip into it and not have to at all think or... And, and we know we're going to have that like just enough entertainment to keep us watching, but not so much that we would have to like be cognizant mm-hmm. of what's going on in the show. Or truly emotionally invested. Or I emotionally think, invested.
0: I think, I think you're right. I think there's something about a lot of reality TV or even most that is very safe... Um, because the formula is very um, is very comforting in some way.
1: Okay, I think it's time to take a little break from the conversation, and I think we should hand it over to our good friend, Fred Good. Um, so uh, from time to time, Caitlin and I uh, like to ask our wonderful landlord, Fred, uh, to dispense some wisdom to us and to the masses. And so this week we asked Fred about the meaning of painting and what it means to be a painter. Um, so let's hear what he has to say.
2: Mm. Well, I would say... Well, the first thing is, is that it's art. You kind of have to start there. What is art? Um, in the case of painting, painting is, is visual. It's a visual art. So it's, it's a lot about seeing and um, interpreting, in a way, your perceptions of the world. Um, and as... In any craft or art form um, there are certain principles, and so uh, step one is trying to learn and understand those principles and then once you've sort of internalized those, you can um, begin to um, have a kind of personal expression and I would say this is the same th- it's the same for music or. Any art form, the the process is somewhat the same. I mean, the, and, and music, you you've got a vocabulary and in painting and um, drawing. and painting, you have a vocabulary, and you want to once you learn that, then you begin to um, to personalize it. And um, ideally, um, you um, reach a point where it's not just about you it it reaches out and reaches others um, in um ways that are revelatory if that's a word
0: <laughs> I recently. Took a dip into another subgenre of reality TV, which is home renovations and like home purchasing and home renovations shows. Um, starting with the show uh, Fixer Upper, which is a couple in Texas who sell and renovate homes. Um, and then moving into the more, I think, more well known Property Brothers.
1: Got <laughs> it. Property Brothers have been everywhere <laughs> in my life recently with the people that I'm talking about, uh, talking to. It's
0: just interesting because, and it's so. So I started watching and honestly I actually liked Fixer Upper better because they were better at the at the formula um it felt less contrived the the funny the ironic thing for me is it feeling scripted completely takes I mean it takes you out of it it ma- it reminds you <laughs> that, that it's here. not real yeah. um in a way that like a scripted fictional show that is scripted and it's designed to be scripted is with, but it's with actors, professional actors, right? Who know how and to so, deliver a script, right? But so, and I think actually, the more the more the fourth wall is broken, and the more I'm reminded that I'm watching something that isn't supposed to be contrived, the more real it feels.
1: As much as somebody could ask us, you know, uh, is reality TV really any sort of depiction of reality? I think very few of us would say, "Oh yeah, of course." That seems very likely that that's how that person really feels or like that's Mm -hmm. what really happened or um that there wasn't something going on behind the scenes yet we do not want to be reminded of the fact that we are watching this reality tv show Mm -hmm. and uh, is that because by being reminded of that we feel guilty for watching (laughs) this piece of trash (laughs) is that
0: i don't know (laughs) it's a great question i think i don't know if it's a guilt thing I know when I'm watching reality television that I'm not watching something that I could I could actually perceive as truly accurate. It's I don't think it is about the guilt. I think it's about I think it's a it's it's just entertainment value. I think um for me the minute I just start I start to kind of roll my eyes and say like uh, now they're going to do the thing where they have a conversation where like, oh, the couple walks in and they notice something weird about the drywall or like, oh, they have a question about the crown molding because Jonathan had to change the crown molding at the last minute, you know, and like now they're <laughs> going to have a stage conversation about it. And like, I just it just makes me want to press pause and not go back.
1: Well, so then to get back to I mean, to get to the second half of your question is reality TV art. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess my question would be to you, like, what makes you think it's not? reality TV shows share so many elements with regular TV, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, I mean, you know, there's plenty of famous TV shows that have formulaic oh, yeah. plots, right? But we still think that they're great and they're mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, and so it seems as if they share enough of those qualities that we would just say, well, yeah, it's, I mean, in the same way that TV is art.
0: Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think you make a good point and you immediately answering yes um, <laughs> the beginning of the show was funny to me because it's like, well, yeah, I guess it is. But you know, on the one hand, I mean, I would say, yeah, you could you could put all television under the umbrella of art. But let's think about a show that is very formulaic. Um, I mean, any police procedural, uh, mainstream police procedural, and there are a billion. I mean, or like you know, uh, forensic shows. I mean, you've got CSI, you've got Criminal Minds, you've got there. There were so many. I mean, all the different CSIs, all the different NCISs, right? There's a formula to them, and there is a comfort in that, as opposed to a show like The Wire, which is part police procedural in a lot of ways, but is you never know what's going to happen next. You are totally hooked while simultaneously being terrified and repulsed um, and disturbed, and you're invested, Um, and there's nothing really safe about watching The Wire. And I think it's really hard to be a reality TV show that is on a level um, that is really creating something you might consider higher brow or um, really stretching or pushing people.
1: Right. When I think that, I mean, I think you're striking on something that's really true with art that I think we identify as profound um, is art that is risky, mm-hmm. that takes a risk, that makes the audience take a risk or take the viewer to a place that is uncomfortable, somewhere that is uncharted. Right. That's what we really want from art is to, I mean, on the one hand, we want it to be beautiful, but we also want it to be scary. We want it mm-hmm. to be unsettling. We want it to make us feel things. We want it to, you know, jar memories from our own lives. Um, we want it to do, accomplish all of those things. And I think the fact that reality TV so often in is almost <laughs> suppressing, I mean, like, just allowing you to be comatose, not have <laughs> to feel anything besides your base, like, The worst possible parts of yourself Mm -hmm. um, and less letting those fester as you, you know, sit in front of the television and watch it is something that really does almost take it out of the out of the realm of art. Right. It almost does the opposite thing that art, I think, profound art tries to do.
0: Right. Because I think I mean, I think a lot of people watch reality TV in some form um, who also would say would put reality television in the category of trash. Like they still watch it. They have certain things that they will watch, but the but the overall television medium of reality TV is sort of a trashy medium.
1: All right, Kaylin, let's let's come back to reality for a second. That maybe sounds good. And, uh, the real reality. I think it's time for one line answers, otherwise known as I don't have time for this. <laughs> So in this segment, Kaylin and I, uh, we don't have time to go into every single topic that's available in the world. Uh, so instead we will knock some of these out uh, in a jiffy with a
0: one, with a one line treatment.
1: Um, so uh, I've brought in three, one, uh, three questions uh, that we have to answer in sort of one line or as short as possible. And I don't know what they are yet. And Kaylin does not know what they are. <laughs> She's going to be answering off the cuff. All right. All right. Can you ready? Yeah. For number one. Uh huh. Okay. So what is one other way to skin a cat? Oh, <laughs> Um, you, there's that phrase that says There's more than one, one way, way to skin, skin a cat. cat And I want to know one other way In which you could skin a cat Well
0: if it was the movie Hocus Pocus with magic <laughs>
1: It's a very PG answer Well the <laughs> idea of skinning
0: people? a cat is fairly repulsive to me So I've always hated that phrase
1: <laughs> well, you, So my answer to this was The fact that you can think of another way to skin a cat Is disturbing <laughs>
0: See, so I've just proven that I'm not a sociopath.
1: You passed the sociopath. This was just a a test to see if you were a screwed up human being.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm glad I passed.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right, number two. Yeah. When does a piece of wood become a toothpick?
0: (laughs) This is very similar to that other question that you asked. I'm going to bring one
1: in every time. (laughs) I get to bring in questions.
0: Once it can clean between your teeth. I mean, that's... (laughs) The simplest answer I can think of. Well, so
1: <laughs> is a is a wooden toothbrush uh,
0: a toothpick? Ow! <laughs> <laughs> um, can can brushes be made with wooden bristles?
1: Well, could it be just a wooden handle with brushes? No, that's not.
0: No, it has to be solid wood or solid material. Natu- because I, don't, I guess there are plastic toothpicks. Crap. <laughs> Wooden toothpicks have to be made of solid wood.
1: So when a, 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 a piece of wood <laughs> is... I thought this was called
0: one-line answers.
1: <laughs> fine, fine. When it can clean between your teeth. All right. So my answer to this question was, when Marlo Brando has put it in his mouth, <laughs> then it is a toothpick. Hmm. Okay, ready for the last question? Yes. Okay. What is the lamest and best item to bring to a potluck?
0: this is a two-answer situation this
1: is a two-answer situation
0: lamest is probably a salad
1: mm, yeah especially so, if it's like salad with no dressing on it salad with just few ingredients
0: yeah like rom- like romaine lettuce some carrots and some
1: peppers like it's five thirty, and you're like honey i forgot that we're <laughs> supposed to bring something to the to the potluck <laughs> Let's look in our fridge. We have some old wilted lettuce. <laughs> Let's chop that Bam. Up. Cool.
0: We'll just run by the grocery store and buy some Newman's Own vinaigrette.
1: Oh, we put some carrots in <laughs> done it just and to done. spice it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's probably the lamest thing to bring to a potluck. Although it is always nice when there's at least like when there's a salad. But just like then everybody brings a salad, and it's so irritating. The, ba- the best thing, like like uh, premium like souped up mac and cheese, like not just mac Ooh. and cheese, but like. With like a little bit of ham in there or like some like awesome, like something like a vegetable of some kind and like spicing it up, like maybe making it spicy mac and cheese. Like not just like you're you're straight up, but like you're like, I put some effort and thought into how delicious this mac and cheese was going to be. Maybe a little bacon. It's got that comfort. It's got that comfort food. Everybody. I mean, everybody loves mac and cheese.
1: Clearly,
0: It's got that comfort food element. But you're like, but I, you know, I did a little something extra it's my answer that's a great choice mm-hmm. yeah
1: i love the person who brings the brings the mac and cheese is beloved by all yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's surprising that no more people don't bring mac and cheese because it's not actually a very labor-intensive
0: no no it's not it's it's a it's a great it's a great option and it's like instant popularity i don't know why you'd bring a salad unless you're <laughs> yeah, a you're, fool yeah you, just, Although you don't care that people like you <laughs>
1: it's like just like bringing us out is Just like at least you fulfilled your obligation yeah. right right but no one likes you for it you know <laughs> you're just allowed to come into the party yeah. uh all okay, right so the answers that i had to this question so for the lamest item i said uh and i think this might even be lamer than a salad wow. is a two liter bottle of captain thunder <laughs> cola like when you when you that's like it's not like oh my gosh i just remember before we before like a half an hour before we need to be at this potluck that we need something it's like we're driving to the potluck and you're like crap i didn't buy anything for it let me swerve <laughs> into the food line real quick and pick up some generic soda
0: <laughs> yeah you don't even shell out for like brand no, level I
1: mean, you see it on like the the at the end of the aisles like you didn't even go into the aisle you just saw it hanging out it's a smash like...
0: and grab situation <laughs>
1: five for one dollar like <laughs>
0: <you just> yeah
1: <laughs> snatch those up Uh I think that's like that's just shameful that's, yeah you shouldn't be allowed in yeah that's terrible
0: even to a Quaker potluck
1: where we love it <laughs> not everyone. even a Quaker yeah <laughs> they're like couldn't you just you could have bought lentils and, you, <laughs> and we would have let you in and you went with the cola uh, okay and I said for best item I mean I think mac and cheese is just a, such a fantastic choice but I said the person who rolls up with the Bojangles box set with biscuits and fried chicken Uh, around
0: where we live maybe not everywhere
1: maybe not everywhere I know for me personally you see that
0: you're like you are well what's great about the fried chicken is that like you you would feel guilty bringing it yourself because you'd feel like that that like jerk who likes greasy foods right um but you love the person who brings the greasy food (laughs) and you (laughs) like who just like manned up and was like I'm bringing this fried chicken (laughs) i'm not embarrassed
1: and everyone's gonna be like oh no like be
0: like oh, oh i shouldn't have the fried legit. food but i, I will know. just take this drumstick yeah right maybe
1: just a little drum <laughs> maybe just a little bit just a half a biscuit
0: yeah i'm just having i'm you just want- gonna
1: split it yeah i'm just gonna split andrew do you just
0: want to split this biscuit with yeah. me i cannot eat the whole thing
1: <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't even think about it fathom <laughs> eating this whole biscuit <laughs> i wouldn't dream of it
0: <laughs> exactly
1: and then, like, five biscuits. Later. <laughs>
0: You're like, God, that was yeah. the best comic <laughs> ever. <laughs> okay, I think it's time to get back to our yeah, conversation about reality <laughs> television. So, let me ask the question as two people who really appreciate art and appreciate great television, I mean, we mentioned The X Files earlier, which is great TV. Mm. Um, uh, why do
1: you watch The Bachelor? Partly to placate my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's going to love that. She's going to love that. Hi, Christina. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, I think I've come to appreciate the craft that is The Bachelor. Um, I, I, and maybe for me, The Bachelor and other reality TV shows of that nature, there is, it is a craft, not an art. Mm. I think that there, I, I know that I could not just go off and make The Bachelor. Right. Like the people who do that are masters of telling the narratives of these women or men, uh, depending on the season mm-hmm.
0: and manipulation uh, and manipulating them to do in some cases what we, they want them to do.
1: Oh, yeah. And the editors for that show are genius. I mean, are, are I mean, are really, really good at what they do. Um, and so I think I, I, I enjoy and appreciate On a metal level, like how it is constructed um, and also how it makes me think different things while I'm watching it of Mm -hmm. these different women. Like there are the women who I really like, the women who I think are a bunch of bitches, the ones (laughs) who I think are really sweet but don't have a chance. Right. Uh, You know, like, (laughs) yeah, and that's, you know, Chris Harrison has just... (laughs) gotten into my mind and Uh. has told my brain what to think about these women and i think that there there is something that's really interesting about that um and just on a trashy level i mean it is enjoyable it's like eating candy it's just like (laughs) stuffing candy into your face (laughs) for two hours
0: yeah well you know i'm i i'm gonna call out or really shout out to um a blogger who i really appreciate charlene joint who is a canadian uh, fashion blogger and, a op- and opera singer. She would be great. I think she's awesome. Um, she was also, she was on The Bachelor as um, one of Juan Pablo's uh, bachelorettes. <laughs> will, <laughs> you <accept> this, <laughs> will you accept this, rose? Will you accept this, rose? <laughs> oh, Charlene, will you accept this, rose? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> and
0: she, um, I mean, I always, when I, actually, Juan Pablo season was the first um, was the first season that I ever watched The Bachelor. My friend got me hooked into it um, with that season. And I was always fascinated by why Charlene was there because she was so intelligent, thoughtful, um, intense, deep, and a little bit quirky. Like she always, she like never, like it was sort of, she sort of, you could tell that she didn't always know where she fit in, in this like house of women. Um, and I was totally fascinated by her and she ended up leaving the show on her own because she was just like, this is crazy. I don't even, uh, the following season, for The Bachelorette, she started blogging about it. And now she does a recap on Flair um, for Flair, which is a Canadian um, fashion magazine. She has been able to provide an insight for me reading about like what she has to say about the Bachelor franchise and pointing out things like the producer probably pushed someone into this. She talked about her own um experiences with the producers which she didn't well, she doesn't vilify i mean she says like some of the producers were some of my good like really good friends and right. like that's part of it too like they're you don't see them usually they usually are off camera i um, mean you don't hear them usually but they are there all the time and they're having conversations with the people on who are on camera so like sometimes you can hear a guy a, a girl or girl um, say something. And it's actually in reaction to something the producer has said, not something somebody else has said. You know, there's all kinds of stuff like that that you don't, that I never thought about. Or pointing out when they show a, a girl, um, a, somebody saying something, um, and you can see the footage of her and her mouth moving and her actually saying it. And you can, so you can put it in the context of where it is. And then other times where it's just a voiceover while they're showing that person doing something else. And that's when you're like you start to question like well she she could have said that at any point.
1: Right. In yeah. the season.
0: Like you don't know when she said it. Um it really got me thinking about how little is I can trust is real on that show. And so then I have to watch it not necessarily because um I want to see the people I like fail uh, succeed and the people I hate fail because I don't really know because I have no real reason to like or hate anyone on that show um, based on like who they are in real life. But watching it um, because they are going to weave a really interesting story.
1: So, I mean, if it is reality TV art? I mean... I certainly, when you start getting into the game of like, is this art or is this art? Right. Mm-hmm. It, you get into a slippery game. And so I think it's probably easier just to say like, yeah, reality television is art, is an art form. But I would say it's, it's more along the lines of craft for me mm-hmm. than it is along the lines of like true profound art, um, which I think is, is a fairly selective category.
0: I would I would tend to agree with you. I think that's a really great distinction to make yeah and either way, I mean, it is entertainment. I, I don't necessarily think I need I don't feel a need for reality TV to just go away. Um, there are things about it. There are reality TV shows that I appreciate. Uh, but I think I think we all I think we should always approach it with a lot of skepticism
1: Right and a lot of a lot of awareness of narrative. yeah because we wouldn't have any problem with people hating a character on a TV show.
0: Right, but that person's not real
1: exactly and so like the reality television forces us to like simultaneously remember like treat this as a narrative that we are watching and enjoying and whatever but then also remembering that and but these people are real okay so like you know when you go off and say like i hate this person or this person's such a slut like it's a real person that you're talking about right right and i think that 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 sometimes does get tricky to juggle when you're watching reality TV. I mean, I, I will continue to watch The Bachelor. We will watch next Monday. <laughs> we must
0: know if Ben uh, finds love. Right.
1: <laughs> You've been listening to the Sibling Revelry Podcast. If you want to join this conversation, you can write into our email, siblingrevelrypodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at sibling underscore revelry, or follow us on Instagram at the same handle.
0: This episode was produced and edited by Andrew Meriwether. Our music is by Flamingosus. You can find more of his work at flamingosis.com. A special thanks to Fred Good for his wisdom this week. Thanks for listening.